Today, I'm just going to jump right into the message, and uh, it's part two of our series called It's Complicated, all right? And what we're saying is, hey, everybody, in case you didn't know, relationships are complicated. It just gets complicated sometimes, and um, today we're talking specifically about the single life. All right, because the single life can be complicated, all right? I know if you're single, you might be thinking, if I just got married, it just wouldn't be complicated. All right, hey, it gets complicated. Where are the married people at, right? It just gets complicated. It's good, but it's complicated, all right? Now, I remember being single. Uh, Annalise and I celebrate 18 years of marriage this year in August, and I remember back in the day I was single, and especially in my college days, I just thought every pretty girl needed me. All right, I just thought, I, Lord, is this the one? Lord, is this the one? Who, who, who's the one? Like, I just felt like every, every time I saw a pretty girl, like, baby, God, she needs me in her life, right? And uh, it was immature. I was buying into the lie that the, the enemy will put into singles' lives sometimes, saying, you need somebody, right? You need somebody. And that, that's the way I was feeling at that time. So I was buying into some lies, and I want to just go straight to our theme verse. It's Romans chapter 1. This is our theme verse for the series. And it says that, uh, this is Paul talking to the Roman church. He says, they knew God. And hey, I knew God. I had a relationship with him, but I was, I was kind of buying some lies at the same time. But these people, they wouldn't even worship God. They wouldn't even give him thanks. And so they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. In other words, they said, hey, God, we're single, we're in control, thanks, but no thanks. We don't need your help, right? We, we can do what we want to do with our bodies. We're okay. We appreciate you being concerned about us and all that, but we're good, God. And the next verse says that, that as a result of that kind of behavior that they, they thought they had pinpointed God, that um, their minds became dark and confused. So, because they were taken, they, they just believed that they knew better than God, right? So they're dark and confused, and they claimed to be wise. Like, hey, we got this, God. We, we got it together. But what happened instead was they became fools. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, would, I don't want to be a fool, right? I, w- I want to really be wise. So the next verse says, because they acted that way, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They were, they were having sexual relations outside of the way God had intended for relationships to be, to be had. And so they traded the truth about God for the lie. And that's what we're trying to do in this series is expose some lies. And, uh, and so we're going to expose some lies today about singleness, all right? Um, how many of you know the enemy will lie to you about your singleness, Okay, he, he, will, he will use the reasons of singleness to cause you to buy into something that's just not true. Here's what I mean by that. He'll try to get you to buy into a lie. He'll try to, he, he'll, he'll, he'll convince you that, um, that, hey, man, we can do whatever we want. It's, it doesn't really matter. The way, we can date as many people as we want. Dating is not a big deal. It doesn't matter how many people I date. Man, it's, it's not a big deal. I'm, I'm, it's just between me and that person. It's not hurting me. It's not hurting my future. But that's a lie. Uh, how many of you know he'll, he'll lie to us and he'll say, uh, he'll say hey, in, a, in your singleness, hey, man, n- nobody wants to be with you. I mean, you're damaged goods. Look at what you've done. Nobody wants to be with you. He'll lie to you in your singleness. Where y'all like, can I just get an amen today? He'll, he'll do that. He will, um, he'll say, there's got to be something wrong with you. I mean, that's the reason why nobody is interested right now. 
I'm just exposing some lies. These are lies of the enemy. Uh, he'll, he'll say things like, um, hey, nobody wants to marry you with all these kids. Come on. <laughs> you know, you got, you got too many kids. Nobody's going to want to sign up for that gig. Or he'll say something like, you, you'll never find someone who will love you like he did. Or you'll never be able to love anyone like you loved her. These are all lies of the enemy and they need to be exposed. We're exposing them today in Jesus' name. Now, unfortunately, singleness has gotten a bad rap over the years. There's a stigma about singleness, and, uh, but, but I want to encourage you for a moment. For those of you who are single and you're tuning in today or single in the room, this is the first time in American history that there are more singles in the 25 to 35 category. There are more people in that category uh, single than married for the first time ever. And, and across the board, 45, 45% of the American population right now, the adult American adult population, 45% are single. That's nearly half. Like you're, you're, you're nearly in the majority. So there's more singles than there has ever been before in the history of the world. So why is that? And, and so I just thought about three reasons why there, there might be singleness. And, and as I give these reasons, I don't want there to be any... I'm not trying to project shame or guilt or condemnation, nothing like that. But there's just there's three reasons that I thought of why, why there's singleness. And the first reason is, it's, hey, you just decided, I'm just going to be single, right? This is okay. Right? This is fine. You're... You're with 63% of the American adult population that is single, so they've never been married. 63% of those single in America have never been married. That's crazy, right? And so it, uh, our population these days is, uh, the way I heard it said in the marriage conferences, that uh, they haven't given up on the dream of being married, they've just given up on the hope. Given up on the hope. And so it, maybe it's a decision to not be married and, and maybe you've decided that you're just in a point in your life where you want to focus on career or maybe education or athletics or or maybe you just want to take your time do, just doing you right and and whatever it is maybe it's you're too young you're like hey I'm 16 I'm not gonna get married anytime soon right <laughs> you just decided you're you're not in a rush that is okay but um whatever the reason you just decided now Here's where it gets complicated, though, because you decided, I'm going to be single for this period of time in my life, but it gets complicated when you go to family reunions. And Aunt Myrtle says, tell us about that special someone. And you're like, Aunt Myrtle, there is no special someone. What? You've got to be kidding me. Come on. The biological clock is ticking, honey. You've got to hurry it up. Come on. Right? And you're like, Aunt Myrtle, stop. You don't want to be around Aunt Myrtle anymore, right? So it gets complicated. Well, number two, the second reason why I think people are single is single because of divorce, right? Just, we're single because of divorce. And, and if you're in this category, it, you're with 23% of the American, single American population has been divorced. And again, no condemnation coming from me, no guilt, nothing like that. But this is a reason that... that we can be single in this life. And this one comes with a lot of hurt and pain, 
right? Because you went through some things. There was a reason for that divorce, and it was hurtful, and you went through some pain. But I, I want to encourage you with this. If you, don't, if you don't turn that over to God, if you keep harboring maybe unforgiveness or bitterness, if you, if you keep going with that unchecked, it will hinder your future relationships. Amen? It's going to hinder those relationships. And, and it gets complicated when you start blending families. I mean, it gets complicated when you become a single parent and you start raising kids or you're trying to co-parent with an ex-spouse. It gets complicated, doesn't it? Now, I, I, I grew up um, as a product of a blended family. I, I didn't realize this until about three or four years ago that I was actually part of a blended family. And my mom uh, had, was married two times and divorced two times before she met my dad. She was married. Her first two marriages were not good marriages. They were abusive. And so she was able to get out of those situations. And um, she was married and divorced twice before meeting my dad. Well, she brought a son into their new marriage. And so it was a blended family right from the get-go. So I have a biological brother. I have a half-brother from my mom's side. And I also have a half-brother from my dad's side. But I never met that half-brother. He, he had nothing to do with our family. So... We had a blended family from the get-go, and, and don't you know, that can be complicated, can it? It gets complicated sometimes. Um, but then when my dad was 36 years old, he passed away. He died, and my mom became single again for the third reason. She was single because of death, all right? She was a widow, and, and this is 13% of the single population in America, 13% are widowed. And that was my mom. She was widowed. And, and this comes with a completely different set of circumstances, different hurts and different pains because chances are you stayed with that person till the end. You were with them. You loved them. You cared about them. And you thought to yourself, I, I don't know that I could ever love somebody like I loved them, right? And it, it, it's hard. It's, it's, it's hurtful. And I, I, I can remember being Seven years old when my mom died. My mom became a single mom, raising three boys. Now all of a sudden working two jobs, trying to put food on the table, taking us to soccer practices and all of these different things. She, she had people around her to help her, but this was hard for her. And you know what? It was complicated is what it was. Because being, being single because of death, is, it hurts. It's complicated. Can I get a witness? It, it's complicated. But then, my mom eventually remarried. She was single for about five years, and she remarried a, a man who was a single father. And when they got married, all of their problems just went away. <laughs> yeah, y'all y'all know that's not true. When they got married, see, he was a single dad. He had a son, and guess what? It got complicated. <laughs> it got complicated at from the very beginning, at the wedding ceremony, y'all, my stepbrother passed out, boom, face first onto the, onto the carpeted floor of the church, passed out. About five minutes later, I lean over to the best man, I said, I'm feeling kind of queasy, I feel like I'm going to pass out. Boom, I went backwards, passed out, locked my legs, they carried me out, I was stiff as a board, man, it was, it was crazy. It was nuts, right? It was complicated right from the beginning. And that's the way relationships are. Um, 
and, and through God's word, he's going to help us try to uncomplicate it today, all right? So we're, here's the thing I need you to know is that God's word is not silent about singleness. He has something to say about singleness. His word speaks volumes. It's loud and it's clear. And so today I want to take a look at what Paul says about singleness in, in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 7. Paul says, I wish everyone were single like me. I wish everyone were single like me, right? right? That's, yeah. I wish everyone were single like me. He's just, that's a song, that, something about a boyfriend like me. I don't, can't remember, it's uh, off track. Let me get back on track. Paul says, I wish everyone were single just like I'm single. Now, think about this for a second. You, you may not remember this or even know this, but Paul is single, but most theologians believed he was divorced. Like, because he couldn't have been the, the, the man that he was, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He could not have held the position that he held without very possibly being a married man. So we don't know what happened. We don't know if his wife left him. We don't know if she passed away. But he's a single guy here when he's writing this. And he says, I wish you were single like I'm single, yet each person has a special gift from God. So I want you to notice that if you're single... God says it's a special gift from God. Singleness is a special gift from God. Now, the world will make it seem like it's a curse, but it's a gift. Like God, God, it's, it's a good thing. It's an okay thing. God can use you. God has something he can do through you in your singleness. Now, I want to apologize, though, on behalf of the church at large, the capital C Church, for not handling singleness very well. So I want to say, I'm sorry on behalf of the church, on behalf of the big church. Like, hey, we've not done a good job with singleness. And so Paul calls it a gift, though. The Bible calls it a gift. It is a gift from God. And um, here's the thing. Singleness might be God's will for your life. E either your whole life or maybe just for a season. But it's a gift. For whatever it is, it is a gift. So today, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go, we're going to stay in 1 Corinthians 7. This whole chapter is about marriage. Should, should you be married? Should you not be married? Paul talks about singleness a lot throughout this scripture. And we're going to take a look at several verses and we're going to learn four principles about being single. All right, are you with me? All right, well, here we go. Uh, in, in your notes uh, online, you can jot these down as well. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, we're doing verses 20, 32 through 34, and this is in the message paraphrase. Message paraphrase says that I want you to live as free of complications as possible. How many of you would like that? Come on, sign me up. I want to be free of complications as possible. Now, he's talking directly to singles. I want you to be free of complications. So, what does this mean? To be free of complications means to be single and simple. All right? To be free of complications just simply means that you can be single and your life can be simple. Now, simple doesn't mean easy, right? It's not going to be perfect, but it means that you can be focused in this single season of your life, that you can turn your eyes on Jesus. It's a season free of complications. Because guess what? You don't have anybody to come home to. That's okay. 
You don't have anybody. Want, where, what time are you going to be home? When's dinner going to be ready, right? So guess what that means for you? If you want to move around, you can move around. Single and simple. If you want to study abroad, go study abroad. If, 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 you, want, if you want to chase some different careers and find what you're good at, do it. If, if you want to go to the mission field, go to the mission field. If you want to spend your time serving at church, come on, we need you at church. Serve, use your gifts, use your talents. Whatever, if you want to volunteer, if you want to pursue education, you have the opportunity and the privilege to do that. When you're single, it's single and simple. It's free of those complications. So you have the ability to do some things that you otherwise wouldn't be able to do, right? It's a gift. Singleness is a gift. So um, the scripture says it this way in Ecclesiastes. Solomon says, there's a time for everything. So can I say it this way? Hey, there's a time to be single. And maybe there's a time for marriage. But in your singleness, go ahead and just decide, I am going to be focused. I'm going to be simple. I'm not going to chase all this other stuff. I'm not going to do what everybody else does. Because how many of you know, if you do what everybody else does, you're going to get what everybody else gets. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to chase after God. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to, it's a time and a season for every activity under the heavens. And if God has something in store for me in the future, then I'm just going to wait on God. Amen? Here's uh, the next verse, 1 Corinthians. It keeps going. Paul's still talking here. He says, when you're unmarried, okay, when, when, when you're single, you're free to concentrate. I love how he says it. You're free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. Because guess what? When, listen to me. I know you think, you know, if I, if I get married, it just wouldn't be this complicated. No, it'd still be complicated. <laughs> It's, it's just on a different level. But when you're single, you're free to concentrate. You're free to concentrate simply on, God, I just want to do what you want me to do. God, I want to live how you want me to live. God, I want to go where you want me to go. God, I want to serve how you want me to serve. So it's number two. This, this is single and seeking. Pleasing the master is to be single and seeking. Not, not single and seeking your soulmate, right? <clears throat> I just can't wait to. Get in a hot tub somewhere with my soulmate, right? It's not like that. It's not like Uncle Rico, okay? Single and seeking is saying, God, I want to please you. God, I want to live for you. God, I want to use my time and my talent. And so one of the key aspects to the single life is that you're, giving, you're given an opportunity by God to develop your relationship with God. In your singleness, you have an ability... To intensely focus on developing your relationship with God. Now, here's one of the things I see about singles. Um, and I did this. Y'all, I'm guilty of this. That when I was single, I was too focused on finding Mrs. Right and not focused enough on being Mr. Right. Okay? So I'm going to say that again. So, so what we ought to do is not focus on finding Mrs. Right but guys, focus on becoming Mr. Right. And ladies, don't focus on finding Mr. Right. Why don't you focus on becoming Mrs. Right? Okay? You, you become who God wants you to be. You, you seek him. You get, get to know him. Develop your relationship with him. And there's a lady in the Bible who did this. She was not in a hurry. She wasn't rushing her relationship with a man, right? Right? Um, she, she wasn't pressured 
she was, she was, she was just taking her time. God, I'm, I'm just going to seek you. And, and I know that as I seek you and as I become Mrs. Wright, you're going to put the right guy in my life. And I'm talking about Ruth. In the Bible, Ruth was, was that lady. She wasn't trying to find somebody. She was, she was just focused on becoming who God wanted her to be. Well, guess what happened? As she's focusing on becoming Mrs. Wright, God gives her Mr. Wright. His name was Boaz. All right? Now, Boaz was, the Bible says Boaz was a handsome man. Says he was a rich man. Says he was a spiritual man. The Bible says that he was a sensitive man, which makes him a husband. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about? He was a husband. So, uh... Boaz was, uh, he was an incredible guy. But here's what I want to say just to the ladies today. I want to speak to you ladies for a minute. And, because if you get ahead of God, you might end up with the wrong guy. If you get ahead of God, you might end up with one of Boaz's relatives, right? Now, Boaz had, uh, he, his name is spelled B-O-A-Z. All right, everybody say that. B-O-A-Z. All right? All right. But Boaz has some relatives that you don't want to end up with, all right? Boaz relatives, broke ass, poe ass, lying ass. Come on, some, some, of y'all been, some of y'all been with cheating ass. You got old dumb ass and drunk ass. Come on, somebody. Y'all, y'all got cheap ass. Y'all need to break up with him right now. Break, just break up with cheap ass. Y'all got locked up ass and crazy ass, good for nothing ass. Lazy ass, and you especially need to avoid beating your ass, right? <laughs> Come on. He's got some guys. Y'all, y'all, don't need, y'all don't need these guys, ladies. Come on. And let me tell you something. When you find your Boaz, you need to make sure he respects your ass. Come on. Yeah. That's the word of God. Sort of, right? Kind of. Listen, don't settle for just any old guy, any old girl. God has the right person in store for you. Amen? So, so this season is about growing deeper in a relationship with God. It, it, it's about building a value in this season of singleness. It's you saying, God, I'm going to develop this, this value in my life that will be with me for the rest of my life. In my singleness, I'm going to find out who I am in you, and nobody can change that. Because I'm developed in you. Single and seeking is pleasing the master. I'm just going to get to know you. I'm going to go deep with you. I'm going to build my relationship with you. And if you're here today, you're watching online, you're single. Maybe you're single again. I would say, don't waste this moment. Go all in. Develop your relationship with God. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 6. He said, but seek his kingdom. Come on, seek his kingdom first. Go after God first. Don't go after Mrs. Right, Mr. Right. Go after him first. And all these things will be given to you as well. He'll bring you to the right person. He'll send the right person your way. I just believe that. So Paul keeps writing, though, kind of going verse by verse here. He keeps writing, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, next verse, he says, Marriage involves you, involves you in the nuts and bolts of domestic life. Wanting to please your spouse, leading 
to so many more demands on your attention. That is an understatement right there. Come on. Understatement of the century. That's what marriage does. It's a, it involves you in a lot of things. But he goes on in, in the next verse and he says, The time and the energy that married people spend on caring for and nurturing each other. He says, hey, the, the unmarried people don't have to do that. So time and energy. The time and energy here, it it means to be single and serving. Number three, single and serving. That when you're in your singleness, you can serve God and you can serve others. And here's here's what I mean by that. Is that you only have a certain amount of time to, to serve. And when you get married, this is on a whole new level. When you have kids, it's on even a greater level. Your, your time becomes limited, right? And so you've got this certain amount of time and energy. And in the single season of your life, what you can do is point that time and energy to serve God and to make a difference. Let me, let me say it this way. At City Hope, we need you. We need you in your singleness. We need you in your marriedness. We, we, we need you in whatever gift that God has given you. We need you to make a difference. We need you to serve. We need you to use your gifts, develop your talents and your abilities. And one of the things that kind of concerns me a little bit, though, is that we're living in a day and age where less people are getting married, but, but at the same rate, okay, the, the, I, I told you about that age group from like 25 to 35 there's more singles in that age group than married. But in that age group, those singles are playing, they're, they're playing seven to eight hours of video games every week. I mean, come on. Like, like imagine what you could do serving somebody with seven to eight hours in a week. Imagine what you could do with your gifts and your passions and your abilities making a difference in the kingdom of God and, 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 and I'm, I'm not projecting any guilt on anybody today. I'm just saying in order, if you want to make a difference, you got to get planted. you got to get planted. And this is a good house to get planted in. I know there's great churches in our area. This one's a great church too. This is a great place to get planted. How do you get planted? It's in Psalm. The book of Psalm, verse 92 says that the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. One of the things I love about palm trees is in a hurricane, those bad boys will lay over on their sides, but they'll just slowly come right back up. It it doesn't uproot them. I mean, they they can bend, but they don't break. So you're going to be like a palm tree. You're going to grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. So so how do you get planted? Well, you got to be righteous. You got you got you got to say, I'm, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to be single. And I'm in my singleness. I'm seeking you, and and when to be planted means, man, you're going to flourish. You're going to grow, and you're going to flourish in the courts of of God. So the next verse says, and when you're planted, man, you're going to bear fruit. You're going to bear some fruit. Hey, how do you bear fruit? You've got to discover your gifts. You've got to discover what's inside of you. You've got to discover your passions, the things that God wants to do in you. you. You've got to use your gifts and use your passions and use the talents that he's put inside of you, and you can do that right now. You don't have to wait in your singleness. You can make a difference right now. 
one of the ways you can make a difference, like you can begin to discover, to discover those gifts is through the growth track. So today uh, would, would have been step two of the growth track, uh, but we're, we're not meeting in person today. So come back next Sunday and we'll do step three. And then you just catch up with step two next month. We do it every, the second Sunday of every month. But discover your gifts. Discover what God's put inside of you. And, and begin to use that. Begin to do what God's called you to do. Lead a small group. Come on, we need some small group leaders to rise up. We need small group leaders to rise up. Think about it like this. We're not a church of, of ministries. Think about that. A lot, um, we're a church of small groups. So somebody might say, hey, do y'all have a singles ministry? No, we don't have a single ministry. We have small groups. Y'all have a men's ministry? No, but we have, we have men's small groups. Y'all have a ladies' ministry? No, but we got ladies' small groups. And here's the thing. More ministry happens in that small group than you could ever know and ever understand. That's where ministry takes place. Hey, we, we're in the middle. We're almost halfway through with our first semester of the Leadership Academy. And, and we've got 18 students in the Leadership Academy. Hey, if you're single and, and, and you're, you're looking for a way to serve, come on, go through the Leadership Academy. Develop those things and those gifts and that call that God has on your life and begin to make a difference. So Paul keeps writing, though. He's writing, and uh, I'm going to go. We're going to keep going here. Because he's, he's laying something out. We can go on there to, to the next verse, Corinthians chapter 7. It says that the time and energy that, that married people spend on caring and nurturing for each other, he says single people, unmarried, can spend becoming whole and holy. Come on. Man, that's what I want. Even As a married guy, I want to be whole and holy instruments of God. What does that mean? What does it mean to, to, to look like to be whole and holy? Number four is you can be single and you can be secure. This is the point of whole and holy is to be single and secure. That you are complete in God. This is not Jerry Maguire. You complete me. No, 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 no. There's only one who can complete you. His name is Jesus. And, and, and if you look for validation, if you look for affirmation anywhere other than Jesus Christ, you will be let down every single time. He's the only one who can complete us. He's the only one. And so the goal is not, the, the, the goal is that you end up in a place of security. The goal is that you don't shift like the sands on the seashore. Yeah, you ever been to the beach before and you watch the tide come in? And I mean, you could, you could be walking right there and the tide comes in and what does it do? It washes away whatever you just did. Wherever you stepped, whatever you drew, whatever you wrote on the sand, it's gone. The tide erases it. It shifts the sands. The goal is not to be like the shifting sands. Jesus said it this way in Matthew. He says that anyone who listens to my teaching, if we will just listen to Jesus' teaching, come on, we're wise. If we'll follow his teaching we're wise. Remember, Romans said that the people who wouldn't follow God and they thought they knew better than God, they, they thought they were wise, but what were they? They were fools. Jesus says, if, you'll, if we'll listen to him, to his teaching, if we'll follow his way, we'll be wise. We'll be like a person who builds their house on a solid rock. Who's the solid rock? Jesus. 
He's the solid rock. Though the rain comes in, the torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse. Why? Because it's built on a firm foundation. It's got bedrock. It's built on something that is firm. And I want to tell you something. I want to promise you today that you can be single and secure in Jesus. You can be single and secure in Him. See, the Bible... The Bible says that no weapon formed against you will prosper. It doesn't say that no weapon won't be formed against you. It says that the weapons formed against you won't prosper. So let me say it this way. Weapons will be formed against you. There's going to be days where you're bombarded. And you feel like giving up and and you have these thoughts of fear and worry and doubt and anxiety. Maybe thoughts of temptation. And you've got these these waves that Jesus talked about. The waves, they come crashing in. The wind is beating against your house. There's all of these things that are coming against you. And you're going to be tempted to to give in. You're going to be tempted to throw in the towel. You're going to be tempted to to lean into that moment. But let 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 me tell you. It's not wrong to feel those things. In fact, that's, it's part of the human, it's, it's human life. Those things are going to happen. It's, it's not wrong to feel those things. You can feel those things but not be moved by those things. You can feel those things but not be wrecked by those things. You can feel those things but, but not spend uh, your, your emotions and your time and, and your energy Drowning in those things. You can, you can feel those things and not spend your Friday night swiping right to find something that will make you feel good. A temporary pleasure. Come on, somebody. Because here's the thing. The temporary pleasures that we find in this earth, that's the shifting sands. That's the shifting sands. And whatever... You do that's temporary in this life. Whatever you do that is, that, that, that is meaningless. Whatever you do. Whatever you give into, That's pulling you away from God. Let me, let me say it this way. It will never fill the void. It will always disappoint you. It will never last. I'm talking about the shifting sands. Those things that come our way. We're not building our lives on the shifting sands. We're building our life on Jesus Christ, the rock of our salvation. Amen? So I guess, um, I guess what, I'm, I, I'm, I, what I'm not saying is, I'm not saying that if you become secure in God, that uh, he's going to let you out of a prison of singleness. All right? That's not what I'm saying. Because actually there's a lot of married people that are still in a prison of insecurity. You're still held captive by those things. What I am trying to say is what Dr. Les Parrott said. He said, if you, if you try to build intimacy with another person before you've gotten whole on your own, all of your relationships will become an attempt to complete yourself. If you try to get, if you try to build intimacy with another person before your whole, all of your relationships will become an attempt to complete you. 
And there's only one who can complete you, and that's Jesus. So, listen, when, when we get healthy, when we get healthy, when we get secure in who we are, married or single, when we get secure in God, it trickles down to everything else in our life. When we get healthy, when we get secure in God, it affects everything else in our lives. And I want to I just leave you with this, this truth. Singles, your singleness will end. Marrieds, your marriage will end. Because the only thing you can take with you in eternity is your relationship with Jesus. There is no marriage or given in marriage in eternity. The only thing you can take with you is your relationship with God. And I think that's the most important relationship of all. Amen? It's the most important relationship of all. Here's what I'm trying to do. 1 Corinthians, our last scripture of the day. I'm just trying to be helpful. Paul said, I'm just trying to be helpful. I'm trying to make it easy, as easy as possible for you. Guys, I'm not trying to make it hard. I'm trying to show you that you can be single and simple. You can be single and seeking God. You can be single and serving and making a difference. You can be single and secure in who God has created you to be. And where you are right now in this season, you can develop a relationship with God that will affect the rest of your life. Amen? Amen. Will you bow your heads with me today? And let me close you out with this, this question. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What's he saying to you? What's he speaking to your heart? What's the Holy Spirit whispering to you right now? And I want to give you a moment to respond. This response is not for just for singles or just for marriage. This is for everybody watching online, everybody who's in the room today. All right? For every one of us, what is it that you need to yield to God? Is it your focus? Maybe you're single, but man, you, you are just, you're kind of everywhere. And you're not really focused on what God wants to do in your life. You're not focused on a relationship with Him. Maybe it's, maybe you're not seeking Him. Maybe you're not putting Him first. Maybe He's on the list, but He's not at the top of the list. Maybe it's that you, Man, you're just not serving. Your life is selfish. You're thinking about you and you're dreaming just about yourself and what you can get out of this and, and your own life. And it's time today. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's time for you to just yield that thing to God, your service. I don't know what it is for you, but I'm asking the Holy Spirit right now to speak to your heart, to change your life, to give you clarity. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Father, right now, every person watching online, every person in the room today, God, whatever it is that we need to yield to you, whatever it is that we're kind of holding on to, maybe it's our, maybe it's our focus. We're not free of complications. We just, we just got so much going on in our life that we just, we can't do what you've called us to do. We, we can't focus on the things that you've called us to focus to. God, I pray right now for every person that we'd be free of complications so that we can please you. We can live to please the master. 
so that we can seek you with all of our heart. Your word says if we seek you first, all of the other things will be added to us, God. For whatever it is that we're seeking after, remind us today that you've got it. You're the answer. You're the answer to that. So we seek you, God. And, and Lord, we, we, want, we want that time and energy that you've given us to be spent wisely. Lord, we, we don't want to waste it away. We don't want to waste a moment, but we want to give it to you wholeheartedly with all of our heart, with all of our soul, all of our mind and strength. We give it to you today so that we can be whole and holy. So we can be whole and holy. We can be secure in who you are, secure in what you've called us to be, secure in our marriage, secure in our singleness, secure in our dating relationship. Whatever it is that we be secure in you first. Nobody else can bring security, Father. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. With your heads still bowed and at home, you're peering into the device, you're watching on TV, you're watching on an iPad. And you're not even really secure in your relationship with God. You're not secure in that at all you don't have a relationship with God you're thinking to yourself man I don't, I don't know what to do I don't know where to go I don't, I, I don't know how to do this Pastor Ben and, and I want to I lead you in this moment that you, you can log off of this online service today knowing beyond the shadow of a doubt that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ that you are secure in him that you are saved not by your good works but by grace alone not your righteousness but his righteousness has saved you and all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and today I want to lead you in a prayer that, that you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt you have a relationship with Jesus And so if that's you I want you to say this prayer with me right in, right in your own home say it in the room with me today say Jesus I give you my life I'm sorry for doing things my way I've been insecure I've been living my way because I didn't trust you but today I give you my trust all of my heart all of my soul all of my mind and strength will you forgive me will you cleanse me and from this day forward I will live for you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, church. Come on, let's give it up for those who are making a decision right now. We're proud of you. Amen. We're proud of you. Thank you for making a decision to follow Jesus.